Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hi there and welcome once again to another Chakra Chat and today I'm talking to Amrit Singh. Now Amrit is a high momentum life coach but I feel like just to call him a life coach is a slightly a bit of a disservice really because his work is very much more spiritual obviously because that's where I always like to go Um, but he's he's studied in India for 20 years. He has been down the Kundalini Yoga route, he knows his meditation and his wisdom and his learning um, and his background, as you'll find out, is really fascinating and has um, led to this place where he has a really beautiful perspective on the human experience. And I urge you to listen to the whole thing because sort of towards the end, we get into that a a little bit deeper. And um, I really enjoyed talking to Amrit. Um, And just for context, whilst we were talking, I'd had to put our interview back a little bit because I was waiting for a sofa to be delivered. And then, of course, it was late. So I started the interview anyway. And my friend helped me, helped take delivery of the sofa sofa instead. So when he (laughs) refers to that, that's why. Um, but yeah, this is a this is a really beautiful conversation with lots of good tips about meditation, lots of good life tips, and um, really lovely um, sort of points to think about. So, yeah, I really hope you enjoy it. And here we go. Here's Amrit Singh. Hi there, welcome to the Chakra Meditation Podcast. And today I'm joined by Amrit Singh, who is a high momentum life coach. So welcome, Amrit. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you so much for having me. So um, I I don't know a huge amount about you. And so I but I like you're a really interesting sounding guy. And 
I want to know, well, obviously you're currently in Mexico. Um, I'm guessing that you originated in America, am I right? No, I'm from Germany originally. You're from Germany. Okay, so that 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 accent's been through a few. <laughs> I'll get to know it as I get to know you better. So you're from Germany. Okay, so there's a journey here. And yes. um, so just tell everybody what you do and what your journey has been. I'd love to hear. Yeah, I mean, I, I just grew up a normal German kid and teenager. And then when I was around 16, 17, I, I started getting interested in the you know, in that in that world, which is out there, which is more. And I didn't know how to really explore it. And there was very limited information in the early 90s in Germany. Mm. You know, there, I think we had one bookstore, which had a couple of those esoteric books. And so there was kind of the extent was no internet where you could get information. So for me, my first connection uh, through to the spiritual world was really through smoking weed you know where i was like oh my god you know There's this is really that. expanding yeah. there is something out there um obviously that wasn't too sustainable and so i practiced that for at least like seven or eight years every day and then realized oh my god i'm not getting anywhere i'm just stoned all the time <laughs> I, I feel great but I'm, I'm not getting anything done and i'm high all the time right I so I changed my approach and I learned about Kundalini Yoga. And that's when it started to really, where, where I could get to similar levels and I could get to these levels of expanded consciousness. And I was like, okay, this is working. I don't have to smoke weed, but I can still feel the same. But then my my big challenge was because I I was a young adult, you know, being 21, 22, living in Berlin, having all my friends around who would go partying. And I just get sucked in every single time over and over again. Until after five years of going back and forth, you know, having like stints of three months, six months, no alcohol, no cigarettes, no weed, nothing. And then bam, right back into the old habits, right? Yeah. I was like, okay, I need to get out of here. And so I moved to India. And that was was like a big, big decision. There was like an ashram and a school there, which was connected to the Kundalini Yoga community. And they said, hey, we just opened the school. We need volunteers. Anyone wants to come? I'm like, okay, I'm in. So I just got on a plane and flew there. And I was like, okay, what do you guys need me to do? And I ended up staying 20 years. And it was a really, really powerful and profound time of exploration for me. You know, it was a little bit like the the yogi going to the cave because it was very much like living in a yeah. cave. You know, we're, I mean, in twenty India, years we're... is a is a lifetime to be in <laughs> it's India. A and long time. To immerse yeah. yourself in that. It's, um, I mean, what an extraordinary thing gift to give yourself to do that. I mean, and you must have learned so much. Where, whereabouts in India were you? I was up north in Amritsar, which oh. is the, you know, like the, the capital of, of Sikhism because it got the Golden Temple there and it's in the center of Punjab and it's near the Pakistan border. Yeah. So this is is really rich and beautiful area of India and very, you know, like all of India, very deeply connected to spirituality. And this is really one of the, the things I loved about India the most is this deep rooted connection to spiritual work. 
And you could go anywhere. You could sit at a busy road intersection and be more connected than in a temple or a church in the Western world, right? So this this was really profound for me. And yeah, I mean, I was lucky also then to meet my wife a couple of years after I got there. And she's from Mexico, actually. We ended up meeting in the United States. And she's, she said, okay, I'm willing to go to India with you. And so that was kind of like the requirement for me in that moment too. said like, look, you know, I do want to get married. I, I, I want to commit, but I'm so committed to my journey in India. It would mean for you to move to India. Please be very clear about that from the beginning. And she's like, okay, I'm ready to do it. So we moved to India. We had um, our kids in India where our kids grew up in India and yeah, then just recently we left, uh, ended up getting locked down in Germany in COVID. Oh. And then beginning of, when was that? A year and a half ago now, when the COVID numbers went up for the 15th time in Germany, we're like, we're not doing another lockdown winter in Germany. So we you know, canceled our apartment, got the kids out of school, half mid-year, moved to Mexico, and yeah, living in Mexico now. So that's been like an amazing choice. Uh, that sounds like, yeah, that's that's quite quite the quite the journey. And so I'm I'm presuming because you wear a turban that you converted to Sikhism when as if that's the right term. Sorry. I not... did. I did in, in, in my time in India and I'm on a on a new journey with it because I've been wearing the turban now for almost 25 years. And so for me, it become very much part of my identity. And it was very easy in India, right? You wear your turban and it's this normal thing. I'm yeah. in, You're from the UK, right? I'm assuming from your accent. It's like, it's quite normal in the UK. You know Sikhs and you know people with turbans. It's not so normal around the world. Most people don't have as much as a relationship to it. But so wearing my turban in India, being a Sikh, being very you know, in this religious path was a very normal and natural development. And it helped me a lot too. It allowed me to go deep in my practice and allowed me to be very clear, like, okay, we don't drink alcohol, we don't smoke, we don't, we read our prayers every day, we wake up at a certain time, we, you know, like the, the whole list of do's and don'ts, which are a great tool in the yoga world for growth. Because it's a little bit like in all religions in the world. Just don't do the bad stuff. Do the good stuff. We got yeah. your 80% covered. Don't, yeah. don't ask silly questions of yeah. why, how, when, where, you know, why it's okay in war to shoot other people, but otherwise you shouldn't kill. But, you know, don't ask those silly questions. It gets too complicated. Just don't do it. Yeah. What we tell you. Yeah. Right. So for me, that was my journey with Sikhism for probably almost 20 years. Quite recently, with my move to Mexico, really things have changed. Where I'm like, I, I don't want to be put in this box anymore. You know, I don't want to be separated from other people just because I'm the one with a turban on my head. I don't want to be, you know, like looked at differently in a way to say, okay, you know, you're a Sikh, I'm a Christian, and, you know, maybe we don't get together on certain subjects. I think it's so silly because, in my opinion, we're all, we're all one. Yeah. We're all one religion which is the religion of humanity yeah. and we better get our shit together and if we do need the do's and don'ts then that's a good tool but it's nothing more than a tool yeah you know so for me it's been been a journey to 
to come out the other side now and to not identify so much as a Sikh anymore and identify more as a human being yeah. with a beard and turban. <laughs> but it's interesting, isn't it? Because when you start looking at all religions, essentially they all have that parameters of giving you those boundaries of how to live your life in a clean, healthy, sensible way. Yeah, just to make it simple. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. And just don't ask questions. Just don't ask questions, exactly. But then, <laughs> then the spirituality that comes alongside the religion, you know. Yeah, and once I think, I think having religion and that giving that religious structure is helpful in training yourself towards spirituality. But once you've got there, actually, the world expands, and you realise that there's, yeah, there's a huge amount of of um, potential out there for expanding outside of those parameters that their particular religion might impose i don't know yeah very much but uh, it's a path through religion to come out the other side into spirituality it's like a little bit like with everything you know in order to reach that level of mastery you need to forget everything you learned and you need to find it in yourself yeah 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 exactly that and it's interesting so the kundalini yoga side of your world of your life um did that because kundalini yoga i not, don't know a huge amount about but i know that it is a beautifully spiritual type of yoga practice um does that is that a part of the sikh religion if you like is that something it's that's... not no um my teacher yogi bhajan who came into the us in the 70s taught kundalini yoga because he learned about it when he was young and he he created his own branch of kundalini yoga where he was like okay i can teach it this way i'm gonna have the system with it and he was a sikh i mean that was just where his family was sikh his grandparents were sikh and so for him he was a sikh like as much as you know some of us are christian or muslim or whatever so it was just the thing he did and and people people came to this point where they said oh my teacher's wearing a turban. Why is he wearing a turban? I want to find out about it. Why does he read this prayer in the morning? And so they learned about Sikhism from him, and it it was attractive to many people. Mm, yeah, it's, it's it is it's a it's a fascinating journey. So when once you had, um, I mean, you obviously you call yourself now high momentum life coach, and you know that 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 tag of life coach can apply to so many people you know there are so many wonderful life coaches out there all with their own little niche but how yeah. did you get into life coaching well while we were in lockdown in germany after leaving india after leaving the job i had there for 20 years you know i was the director of residential life i had a huge responsibility i was it was was quite something and then leaving and being in germany and being like okay what well, what's next? Where does it go now? Mm. I realized how much passion I had all these years for coaching my staff, coaching the students, coaching people really since I'm like 15, 16. And so I'm thinking like, oh my God, coaching is what it, where it's at. And so I got myself a coach and that really helped me to transform my life. And I was like, oh my God, what a beautiful thing to do for other people. And so I got into, into the journey and 
you know, like with everything, there's a, there's a lot to it. You know, there's the sale, there's the marketing, there's the promotion, there's the going on Instagram and TikTok and making videos and, yes. you know, all these things where I'm like, oh, do I really want to do this? I'm kind of oh. like an introvert in that way. You know, I'd rather just sit at home and I serve people. But I realize now oh, this this all comes together. This is this is part of has been part of my spiritual growth over the last two years to put myself out in the world, to to come as a guest on podcasts, to do these kinds of things. And I've been really enjoying it. Yeah, no, it is. I mean, I, you know, like you, you know, I have a, a business that I'm trying to, you know, make a living at doing, you know, selling and I my, I come from being a yoga teacher, and teaching the chakras and doing chakra readings and all those kind of things. But the effort that it takes to get to a point where you're actually you have a business that you can call a business is 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 big, you know, and that commitment. But you, I think if you just follow your, um, follow your passion and follow you, you know, and people see the true you, they, they hear you and they resonate with you, then that's that, you know, that's all you can do. And you just have to be out there allowing yourself to be heard. I think that's the the key. Yeah, very much. And I think there is actually, there is a real need in the, in the spiritual world or in the spiritual community or in our tribe of people who are on the spiritual journey and you say like look i feel such a deep connection with spirit i feel such a deep connection with my practice i love giving readings to people i love coaching people i love teaching meditation but i can't bring myself to bridge this gap between like asking money for it and asking enough money to support my living so I have to go to work eight hours a day, which I hate because that's not my true calling for this lifetime. And so I, I do have a lot of my clients who are who are struggling with this mm. and who come find me because they say, okay, I know I want to be on my spiritual journey. I know I want to make a living from being a psychic, but I know I have these, these mindset issues which block me from my own success. I need help come on let's work together and that's really you know where my passion lies because i feel i can really like serve the world as a whole by just making one single person more successful in their you know in their journey towards their dreams while they're being financially successful and they will serve so many more hundred people after that yeah, yeah. i mean finding finding that ability that that ability to inspire others to step out of their comfort zone is is a real talent and it is it's not it's not easy to do because you have to have such a good strong solid foundation in yourself you have to be really grounded in what you know you know <laughs> if you know what i mean you know you do have to have that um that real strong foundation which 20 years in india is going to give you and and i feel like there's you know there's somebody out there for everybody i think um, you know, most of the people who listen to this podcast, they're into meditation, they're into, you know, I love to talk to all the people who have various healing modalities, who are there to help others. And so there's a lot of people I feel out there at the moment who are spiritually intrigued, if you like, you know, they're looking for the for the thing that's beyond the, the 3D world that they live in, that sort of, you know, the day-to-day stuff. And yeah. And finding that on your own is, 
that's a challenge. I don't think anybody can do it on their own. You know, I mean, everybody has leaders. Everybody has guides. You know, even the greatest guides and leaders had guides and leaders. You know, you need to have your hand held in this respect, I think, um, when you want to make that growth, that transformation within your own life, I think it's really, really important to find the right person for you to hold your hand. Yeah, super important because it's it's this moment also when you trust, when you go out of out of yourself and you say, I'm trusting you by giving you my hand to hold now suddenly you can accelerate your growth and expand exponentially because it's not just about you. You don't just hit your own boundaries, your own limitations. For me, all this big breakthrough happened in work with my spiritual teachers and work with my coaches uh, where they're just calling me out on my on my own limitations. And I'm going like, oops, I guess you're right. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's, it's really important that it's... um. It's kind of somewhat scary, but it's in it's somewhat confrontational in a way mm -hmm. when that happens. But nothing good comes, you know, easily. Everything that you want to strive for that is a challenge is going to be a challenge. So you've yeah. got to just face up to that. And if someone's and then if you're being held lovingly and supportively by someone who goes, Do you know what? I think you're kidding yourself, or I think you're, you know, not doing yourself any favors here, or whatever it is you know, calling them out, as you say, yeah. with love, with support, that in itself can be a real healing journey because so many people have been criticized, you know, from childhood, from whatever, you know, they've had some kind of being pushed down, been, you yeah. know, yeah. deflated. And and um, and so to, to face up to your imperfections without feeling criticized about mm. it, is a really powerful tool. Yeah, and exactly what you just said, in connection to that too, what happens a lot in the work with my clients is, is this connection with their own greatness. You know, it's so easy to be small and to say like, oh yeah, I'm bad at that, I'm bad at that. And then your coach can say, no, you can do it. Come on, you can increase 5%, just do something small. But where, where much more energy lies is when I work with my clients and they come to a point where they're like, yeah, I'm actually really good at this thing, but I don't believe it. And I'm looking at them thinking, oh, my God, you're so talented. Go out in the world. Serve the world. I believe these people. You're this shining light. You're this amazing being. And suddenly they're like, really? I am? And I was like, yeah, it's just that simple. Go out and uplift and serve and trust yourself. And so big job of my work as a coach to create that momentum is to create that trust in self and expansion and growth and light. And this this is something that I find a lot of my clients suffer with, especially when I'm doing chakra readings. And, you know, I go into each chakra very detailed and look at all the various things that live within each chakra. And self-esteem, self-worth, the the that sense of of that sense of self um is often so damaged. And I don't know, I mean, in your experience, what are the things that are causing people the most damage in that respect? I think it's really probably the biggest one is age. 
Because when you talk to children about this and you say like, how big is your light? How expansive are you? They're like, oh, I can do everything in the world. I can do this. I can be that. And you're like, yeah, exactly. That's that's how we are as humans. We have this ability. And then suddenly we, we get into school and we go through the system of school. And it's now suddenly they tell you, you're kind of bad at math. You're good at art and over here, but you're kind of bad at half things. And then you're starting to believe it because you're being told all for the first 12 years of your school life how limited and how small and how not perfect you are. Yeah, how really That's not good you are. Problem. Yeah. So I think by the time people are 20, they're already like on the back foot. By mm. the time they're 30 or 40, it's even harder because now they're like, oh my God, yeah, I don't even have time for myself. I have to like pay the mortgage. I have to pick up the kids from school. And so people start shrinking more and more. So I think it's most challenging when people are older mm. than when people are younger. Yeah. Because the younger you are, the easier it is to reconnect to this true identity of yourself. And I'm sure you know that from your chakra work too. You look at children, they're perfectly aligned. There's like, they haven't messed it up. You know, so we as humans are meant to be in this natural state of expansion, of alignment, of meditation. All these things are normal human abilities, which we forget through, you know, the, the normal busyness, through going to work, through, you know, getting in the habit of drinking that glass of wine every night or whatever it is, you know, all these things which dull our light. So that's really where, where I work on a lot. And that's where I use meditation and Kundalini Yoga to allow people to come back to their childlike abilities and expansion. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I totally agree with you. And it's such um, it's such interesting work to do to I mean, I suppose it's, you know, the, the umbrella term for it is kind of inner child work, but like reconnecting with that child that actually did think that their light was this big and they could do anything they wanted. And, you know, because we all felt like that, you know, that, you know, whatever age it was that you can identify with where you were that, that still exists within you. And so it's just a matter of that reconnection with that truth, because it is your truth. It's your truth. That is your essence. You know, people don't change. And it's interesting, like when you bump into somebody that you were at school with when you were like six or something. So you can kind of remember what they were like. And they're now 46 or 56 or something. Mm -hmm. And you're like, you haven't changed a bit. You're exactly in <laughs> essence. You're exactly how you always were. And that's, yeah. I think, is such a magical thing to witness that, you know, I like I encourage everybody to go and hunt out the people that they were like primary school with. I love that. It's amazing. <laughs> the same people, but it's the layers of shit in your life that you allow to settle because we can't avoid the shit. You can't avoid all of that stuff of life, that horrible, you know, the stuff of life. You cannot avoid it, but it's how firmly you let it settle and how many layers of that um, you allow to to compact on top of that child, that free child that you were. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, this is why I'm, I'm, you know, I try, you know, whenever I, because I've got kids who are in their 20s. And so whenever I meet any of their friends, I'm like, you know, do the, you know, try start this work now. Like if mm -hmm. you've got these tools now, 
don't wait until you're 45 and having a nervous breakdown because your my life is miserable and you don't know why like start the work now even if you think you're fine and sorted and happy um and that's why you know i do i do occasional kids meditations because honestly if we could get into the schools and get you know six seven year olds learning how to be kind to themselves and look after themselves and do that self-soothing and self-talking then reassurance and so on it's um yeah it's hugely important but having somebody like you to come in and re you know to peel away the layers um is is fantastic and I think you know there's obviously your own work that you've got to do and for me you know obviously it's the chakras that I find they peel away the layers as well and of, of understanding but it's finding that modality finding that person that you go, oh, I get them because I could explain something to somebody and you could explain something to somebody and they go, I've no idea what Roseanne's on about. It just made no sense. But Amrit, now he talks sense. <laughs> Even if we've got the same message, it comes through differently from different people, doesn't it? Yeah, very much. Finding, finding that, that. So how do you work with your clients? How do you, what's your sort of modalities? Is it, is it just- I work one-on-one. I I only take on a small group of clients and I really like what one-on-one can provide mm. because we do a lot of talking and then my favorite moment is when the client comes to the point where they say, I don't know, you know? And so at, in that moment, when, when someone says to me, I don't know, I say, okay, let's take a break here and let's do a little meditation. And so then I jump into a guided meditation with them where I pick up the same structures and the same words which they used during, during the call before. And ultimately, after we come out, after 15 or 20 minutes of that meditation of just you know going inwards, connecting, and also this meditating together with someone, you know, when, when we both go into meditative state at the same time, makes it much easier for my clients to go deep. And it really, they come out and they're like, I know, I know now, I know the answers. I say, oh, okay, cool, what is it? And they're like, it's this, it's this, it's this, it's this. And then, you know, they're going back to this childlike ease where yeah. they just have all the answers. Yeah. And then we, we take those answers and we're like, okay, now that you know, and this is the answers, now how about implementing this and taking action? And they're like, ooh, ooh, careful. I'm, oh, I'm a little scared. <laughs> this is scary stuff. I mean, I know, but it's still scary stuff. And so I take them then through this process. So I really like these moments when I speak to people and they just tell me they don't know. And I'm like, oh. You know what? That that really resonates for me because I know that when I'm in, a, in an emotional, if I'm in a difficult situation, if I'm in a confrontational situation, I get this kind of, I just, yeah. like all of us. Brain, yeah, exactly. Is that's why I say because I feel like it's not just me. Um, yeah. You know, the brain turns to scrambled eggs, and you're just like, and I end up going, I don't know, I don't know. <laughs> and so to know that that actually to have that tool again, it's just another thing to slip in your back pocket that you've got. You just go, do you know what? I just need five minutes. I just need ten minutes, yeah. and just yeah. to go and sit and meditate for. The power of meditation for clearing the brain 
is is um and bringing it's that amazing. clarity is in, un, unparalleled with anything else i think on this planet i don't think there's anything else other than that. oh and it's it's a natural ability i mean for us as humans we've been meditating since we're in our mother's wombs mm -hmm. and then we came out and then when we're nursing we were meditating and like this it's, it's such a part of our life from the early days on where we meditated for hours every day and it's just this natural thing. You know, when you see a mother nursing with their baby and you see that baby roll up her, their eyes and going into this deep meditative state, and then you see the mother going into a meditative state just by default because she's right next to this deep meditator. And then you see other people coming in the room, picking up on this right away, talking quietly, sitting quietly, just enjoying the space. I mean, we're all meant to meditate that deeply. And That's so, so beautiful. I had never thought about it in that sense that we were born meditating, but you're absolutely right. And then that, you know, I guess when you're when you're a kid and you're doing your coloring in books or whatever it is that you do yeah. really intently and full of focus, that is that is meditation. And and gradually, and I don't really say this, but I'm going to anyway, like when you get to school and you're told you've got to be thinking with your brain all the of time, course, yeah. it's really important that you exercise your brain in this direction and that direction, and then go and do something physical. And da -da -da. Mm. Like we lose that ability. And I think that's why so many people find their solace in the art room at school, because mm -hmm. that is the one place where they can actually just go and be and meditate. Yeah. No one's going, well, hopefully, in an art class no one's going that's wrong do it like this or you know yeah yes there are teaching moments in an art class obviously but but just finding that that space you know yeah, to have space to be exactly you know playing chess reading a book some would you call reading a book meditation i mean you lose yourself it's a, it's a little bit on the edge because really for me meditation is is a very simple thing you know you draw a line in the middle and then you get spirit world on the top and you get 3D reality where we all interact with down here. So anything which pulls you down into 3D reality pulls you away from your meditative self. Mm -hmm. And, you know, like obviously reading a book and then closing the book and visualizing what you read and how that world could go on and fantasizing and going in that pulls you back towards meditation. Mm -hmm. But like one of the big challenges why we're all so addicted to our phones and to the internet and to to all these things is because it is it pulls us down into 3D reality. Yeah. It gets our brain, you know, our our left brain so active and so involved and in like, okay, I like this, I don't like this, I'm swiping up, I'm I'm learning this, I'm hearing this, I'm getting new facts. This is all like pulling you away. Yeah. And so that's why that is so addictive too it's for, also for training your attention span to be that speak yeah exactly but <laughs> that 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 attention span of the left brain which just yeah. says okay how fast can we analyze what's going on and jump to the next thing so ultimately it's very similar than going to school or being successful or having a good career or just being successful in a video game it's all the same kind of thing mixed together meditation is what's above that line you know what brings you back one step closer to spirit world that is going on a nice walk that is you know sitting somewhere on the side of a river and closing your eyes and just listening to the sound of the river that is meditation that is you know these things that expand you 
into the intuitive world and into this world where we're all from. You know, we're not human beings having a spiritual experience. We're spiritual beings coming down here saying like, I want to try out being human. This sounds like such an amazing ride for 80, 90 years. Let me go down there. You know, but this to to forget how deeply spiritual every single one of us is, you know, and like to identify with this human form and identify with our name and with our, you know, I'm I'm married to so-and-so and I have these children and I'm this as a job. And, you know, that's all just 3D reality, which pulls us here. But ultimately, we're none of that. We're, we're all this, what's happening up here, having this experience down here very consciously, you know, waiting for our sofa to be delivered so we can <laughs> sit on it. So it's just that simple. But it's, it's, it's also at the same time something, you know, which a lot of spiritual teachers speak about, that, you know, even the angels are jealous of us having this human form and having this human experience because there is nothing else like that in the spiritual world where you can identify with feeling the lowest vibration of anger and hate and fear and guilt and shame and all these heavy, heavy feelings. And five minutes later, being in total connectedness and being in tune and being one with the entire world and being in your higher chakras and expanding from there and being able to have these two poles exist simultaneously is such a unique and special gift. And that's why being human is so special. I love that. It's, you're, you're so right. And I think it's it's so beautiful to hear that so clearly expressed because it then allows you to just feel the gratitude that brings us back up into that space that we want to be, that higher vibration. Yeah. And just having that knowledge is... Is just um, yeah, it's beautiful. Thank you for saying that in that way. It was yeah, it's a lovely expression of 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 being human, the human experience, the waiting for. And the also not to fight with the lower vibrations because you know not to not to label them as bad. You know not to say like oh my anger is bad or my fear is bad or my shame or guilt I'm feeling is a bad thing and I need to always be in gratitude and in love and in consciousness because yeah. it's not how it works. Oh no, everything has to be experienced. We need to go exactly. to, we need to do it all. <laughs> yeah. The problem is just when you get stuck in your anger, you get stuck in your guilt, and suddenly it colors every aspect of your life, and you do not have the ability to step out from there. That becomes a problem. You know, like the anger is not the problem, the guilt is not the problem. Those are gifts. But when you get stuck in it and suddenly your whole life is living in anger from morning till night, then you need to do something about it because otherwise it's probably not going to change. Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of people are very stuck in the, in the vibration of anxiety. I think this, the, the 3d world is very anxiety inducing, you know, oh, yeah. and there's a, and there's a, obviously a, a big old scale of anxiety for, for um, that you can, a spectrum that you can be on. But I think that that is um, very much as a, as a sort of a common vibration that a lot of people are tuned into. Um, and and meditation is, and these kind of spiritual practices are most definitely the the, the root out of that, in, in my view. I, I don't know yeah. if you, you'd agree. Probably. 
Yeah, I think the anxiety, again, is, is really a side effect of all these new modern marvels of whatever, the phone, the TV, the, the computer, the, the being able to get in a car and be somewhere 10 minutes later and then being at the next thing. You know, like 100 years ago, you had to walk. It took yeah. half an hour to walk there. And guess what? You didn't have your airports in. You didn't, you couldn't listen to your audiobook. You couldn't check your emails while you walked there. So what happened is you exercised, walked quietly without distractions for 30 minutes and got to your meeting and your nervous system was in balance. You know, your hormones got balanced because your heartbeat got increased. You know, you moved your muscles and it's just that simple. And so today we need to have a gym membership. So we don't, we're not anxious. We need to go to yoga class. So we have that in our life. But ultimately, again, as humans, we have this ability to recalibrate naturally. We just have to allow for it to yeah. happen. Yeah, I mean, exactly. It's an allowing. Once you have that awareness, it's the allowing of you know allowing yourself to go okay i'm just going to sit on this bus or this train or in this traffic jam and not listen to the radio and not talk to somebody and not listen to a podcast or not to <laughs> well, i shouldn't be telling people not to listen to a podcast <laughs> but um but, you know, but like to just be to just be like you know it's really interesting and you know you lived in you were brought up in germany so you kind of know like in london like i when i come from the countryside where i live and i go to london and you get on the tube and everybody is plugged in they're looking at their phones yeah. and i it gives me the greatest joy to be like really super present because nobody else is and the people watching potential is massive. I love it. You know, and you catch somebody's eye and you smile and they're like, what's this alien? Oh, weird person <laughs> on the train. <laughs> Smiling at people. Um, but I think, you know, if we do, if we take those times where we would normally just check out earphones in, head down, not being aware even just for five minutes, even just to begin with, if you find that you really can't sit and do nothing for five minutes, yeah, just a little bit of nothing goes a long way. Yeah, for sure. Mm. And it's a, it's a tricky one because it's it, when a lot of people know that's the answer and a lot of people have tried and a lot of people have tried meditation and they're just like, it's not for me. I'm not a meditator. I, ca I can't sit still for more than three minutes. And I have all these things running through my head. Mm. And again, those are my favorite clients to work with. Because I'm saying like, okay, I know that you are a natural meditator because you've been doing it since you're a baby. So let's get back to there. And they're like, what do you mean? I, I don't meditate. I've never meditated. I tried for 30 years, never worked. And that's the kind of people where I really love to work with because there's so much you can do to reconnect and just become present again and have that become a piece of your life again. And what I always say to people when they say, oh, I can't meditate, oh, my brain just goes so busy and I and I get all twitchy and itchy. And, and I always say, well, that's perfectly fine. That's normal and that's as it should be. And you just got to keep trying. Yeah. because the brain will 
be busy. And sometimes I'm sure you have sometimes have those days where you sit down to meditate and the brain goes, no, I, I need to, I need to get all this stuff out of you. every day. There, there's not one day that goes by where I don't feel like that. Okay. But good. what I have learned in my meditative practice is that I will always reach the point of deep meditation. The question is just how long does it take me? Mm. You know, so I have, when I don't have a regular meditative practice, it will take me hours to get there. And I will get there. You know, I go to some retreat and I sit there for eight hours. After eight hours, I will get to that deep point. And maybe not on the first day, maybe on the second day. Mm. But where I'm at today, because of my regular daily practice, is that I can sit down and in a matter of minutes, sometimes even seconds, be right there be that deep and be that connected. So it really has nothing to do with can you meditate or can you not meditate? Yeah. Because we already established everybody can. But this is the thing. I think a lot of people go, well, I've never got to that state where I feel it's like deep meditate. Like, oh, Have you ever sat for a whole week and not moved? Then probably the answer is probably no to that question. Yes, exactly. But still, it's, you know, even if you think that you can't do it, even if you think that you, you know, you're never going to get to that point of stillness, oneness, whatever, you know, that you that you think is the the goal, you still can find so much peace in just 15 minutes of sitting and allowing your brain to just just breathe for a moment and just allow all the thoughts to just rush past. Like it's like sort of opening a dam and all the, or a block drain and all that all goes out, it rushes away, but eventually it slows and eventually it's quieter and there may still be a trickle, but you can just watch it go by and it's okay. And there's still benefit in that. Even if you just give yourself 10 minutes a day, you know, you don't have to sit for a week. Most people will never be able to do that or never will give themselves a chance to do that. Yeah, and that's really what it comes down to. Give yourself a chance. Mm -hmm. Learn the basics. Learn how you prepare for meditation. You know, when I teach meditation, I teach it 12 hours before you start meditating. What do you start doing? How do you prepare your body? How do you prepare your mind? How do you prepare yourself so that when you arrive of this point at this point of meditation, you can really say like, okay, now I make my next 15 minutes count. You know, another thing like a uh, recommendation from me would be to meditate with a group, to meditate with someone who is an experienced meditator, because when you are just in the space of someone else meditating, that's again, back to the example of the baby, that baby goes deep. The mother goes right with it. You know, even if the mother normally has her mind all over the place. Yeah. And that's like, that's something every, you know, like actually for, for the mothers out there, that's an easy one to remember. Like go back to that moment. Think about how that was when your baby nursed and how you felt and how deeply you meditated and how quickly you got there, even though you might have thought you're not a meditator. So yeah. this is how simple the whole system is. And so I really encourage people to just, you know, take the plunge and and learn something about it and study it a little bit rather than just sitting down one time and saying, oh, I sat down for 20 minutes and it was the most horrible 20 minutes of my life. <laughs> yes, 
exactly. Uh, that's that's really really good advice, Amrit. Um, so listen, where where can people find you and um, give me some of your your contact details? Because I feel I've yeah, I mean, taken up enough of your day so far. Oh, thank you. No, it was such a joy to to be with you and to chat, and I really enjoyed it. Thank you. Um, probably easiest way to find me is on my website, which is coachingnow.info. So easy to find coachingnow.info. I think we can add all the links. Yeah, and then, of course, I'm on Instagram. But Instagram, I haven't really clicked so much with Instagram yet. So I put small things here and there. But what I really enjoy is TikTok. And I know there's two camps out there. There's the ones who hate TikTok and there's the ones who love TikTok. Yeah, we so call them Marmite one. Yes, you love I'm it. Or not you speaking it. to the haters, but if you are one of the few who loves it, check me out on TikTok. You can find me with my, my full name, Amrit Singh Reinch. And I post something almost every day and I really enjoy it. I really have a good time with TikTok. So check me out there. And then maybe the last thing to add is I do on a regular basis teach these introductions to Kundalini Yoga. And so we can put the link on the bottom again, in the show notes, if if uh, you're interested in that, check that out. It's a five-day course. It's super, you know, low, low barrier entry. And I really want to have people to have an experience. The goal is that you come to this course with zero experience and you walk away from it having meditated deeply at least once perfect that's beautiful what a lovely gift of and that's uh yeah beautiful well i'll put all of that in the show notes and um thank you once again for your time and your energy and your brilliant advice and your wisdom it's been really fascinating talking to you thank you well thank you so much for having me Thank you for joining me once again um, on the Chakraway Meditation Podcast. I really hope that you enjoyed this episode. I thought that Amrit was really fascinating. Um, now, I've put all of his contact details in the show notes. So if you'd like to follow him on TikTok, um, which I... I'm a fan of TikTok. I love it. Um, and there are some really fantastic people. It's one of those things with TikTok that if you start following the right people, then the algorithm starts showing you more of that kind of person. And there are a lot of good souls actually spreading good information and good wisdom. And you need to use your intuition. But um, yeah, Amrit's one of the good ones. He puts out really good, useful, interesting content. So recommend. And if you want to follow me on TikTok, I'm just search for the Chakra Way and I'm there. I'm not quite as good as Amrit. I'm planning to get better. <laughs> so watch out. Anyway, in the meantime, you can find me at chakra-way.com where you will find all my free resources and um, information about the course the place to book a chakra reading if you're interested in doing that, which is one of my bestsellers and I really recommend it. It's such a great way to start your journey in discovering the chakras. Um, so it's all there for you and I can't wait to meet you. Any feedback, any suggestions, I love to hear from you. So thank you and um, yeah, please share this. If you find this interview good, share it around send it to your friend your neighbors your colleagues whatever and i'll see you soon take care lots of love 
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.